Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is the 13th of July, 2020, and this is episode 299. My name is Jake English. And I'm Scott Magnus. And on this week's show, we'll ask what is even happening with the Baltimore Orioles. We'll also ask, is a rose by any other name? Would it smell so sweet? And we'll do that right after we lubricate the show. That's right. It's time for the drink of the week. Scott Magnus, what is on your lips this evening? Uh, Jake, I've got a tall glass of uh, gin and uh, a splash of tonic in there as well with a few limes as well uh, adorning the top of it. Um, Just kind of gently rimmed the glass with a little bit of lime juice on top. Um, The perfect summer beverage, in my opinion. How about yourself? Absolutely. Whoa, 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 whoa. I need you to describe this slowly. Okay. Scott. What kind of gin are we working with here? Uh, I'm going, uh, you know, bottom of the barrel at this point. So I'm doing beef eaters. Uh, okay. okay. And I've just got some, you know, no, no, nothing fancy, just regular tonic water. Um, the limes, I think, really made it tonight. Um, like I said, they were just fresh limes. Um, made everything about it. Listen, we're not snobs. There's nothing wrong with the beef eater. It gets the job done when you need it. If I may, however, yes. if you're going for something that won't break the bank, I have had good experience with New Amsterdam as just like a regular Monday night gin. Yeah, I would say my uh, not break the bank gin is a Tanqueray. Uh, that is what I would go for if I'm like, I need a cheap gin. Um, that's about as cheap as I'm willing to get. All right, fair enough. I myself am drinking an iced cold uh scotch i'm drinking johnny walker black i'm not a big brown liquor guy um but if it is absolutely freezing uh i i do like it i do like it so i've got that um i've got that working its magic right now excellent no beer tonight but if you are interested in drinking socially with us and and seeing what we're getting into on a daily or weekly basis come join us on untapped i'm at jake e4025 i'm at magn8606 and with that Tune your daily character less this week on the Twitters. Jake starts off. Well, Scott, I think that we need to acknowledge the pesto of powerful thinking or positive thinking. This is a tweet that comes to us from Joe Trezza, who, of course, tweets at Joe Trez to keep their, their minor leaguers engaged during quarantine. Hashtag Orioles Player Development Department curated yoga sessions, mindfulness meetings, meditation and cooking classes on Zoom. Adley Rutschman's favorites were the co- cooking classes. He learned to make salmon and pesto chicken. All right. I, I like I like where the Orioles are going with this. Um, it's nice to see them, you know, caring not only for the baseball aspect of these of these young men, but also the the entire person, um, you know, and that is also consistent uh, with a club that that didn't go out of their way um, to stop paying them. Jake, if we're going to continue on with this positive thinking or is it powerful thinking perhaps it was positive powerful thinking that we need to talk about uh this next tweet comes from bleacher birds at bleacher birds 
I'd just like to point out that if fans were not allowed at games in 1996, the Orioles would have been world champions. Hashtag Birdland. Somehow I feel hmm. like Jeffrey Mayer would have got into that stadium regardless. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a fun what if. But, I mean, Scott, you think if they win that game, they get through that series? Uh, I think they get through that series. I don't think Derek Jeter ever becomes a Hall of Fame player. Um, you know, I think, you know, peace and harmony in the world. You think they get through the, the Braves? Oh, absolutely. No question about it. Okay. Team of All destiny. Right. A team of destiny, indeed. All right. Uh, next, let's go to a tweet from Rock Kabako, who, of course, tweets at Mass and Rock. The hashtag Orioles have finalized their plans to make Prince George's Stadium in Bowie the site for their alternate camp. First workout is likely Thursday. And this was a tweet from July 11th. Um, I, I think we all saw that coming, but I have to be honest, I was I was somewhat hoping uh, that Aberdeen would get the call. Although, you know, maybe from a, a public safety standpoint, I'm glad that we don't have an influx of people here in Harford County. Uh, but it's uh, it's a no-brainer for, for the Orioles, I think. Yeah, I think it, going to Bowie, um, probably the best infrastructure for the Orioles to partake with their secondary camp. Can I can I make a confession here? Sure. I've never been to Prince George's Stadium. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised it, by that. Is it a cool facility? It's nice. I mean, it's classic minor league baseball park. Um, that's what I would say. Um, no frills. Just it is what it is. Um, but does it have additional fields or anything, or is it just one? I think it has two small, like additional, like side fields, but nothing like huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I would bet you that Aberdeen probably has more fields, um, but I don't know if they have the infrastructure to really support what the Orioles are trying to do at this given time. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Well, we talk about infrastructure. Scotty, I, I want to talk about this next tweet. Uh, it's a video, and I would suggest that you play it, but honestly, most of that's going to be lost in translation on the podcast. But this is a tweet that comes to us from the Baltimore Orioles. That's at Orioles. And they say simply with their masked bird, BP with CD. And it is a, a video of Chris Davis taking batting practice. And the camera is is on the ground behind the plate, basically, you know, underneath where the ca- uh, catcher would be. And so I have to ask you, Scott, why can't we have this all the time? Um, it's a good question. Um, you know, up until what? Uh, last year or two years ago, we didn't have like an actual strikeout box or anything like that too. So maybe the Orioles and Masson are starting to engage in, you know, different ways to communicate the game to, um, you know, a, long, a younger generation. But yeah, I, I certainly would like to see this more often. Um, this kind of angle, the microphone, everything. Um, I think it's a really interesting, you know, perspective. I don't remember what year it was, but I remember a big deal in the All-Star game one year where I think it was like Mike Piazza wore a camera on his mask. And I always thought that was super cool. But, you know, it, it wouldn't take much, I don't think, to stick a small camera, you know, in the in the dirt um, and kind of just make sure it's positioned, uh, you know, at, at the beginning of every inning or, or what have you. But it seems like that would just be a really cool vantage point. Um, and it doesn't, you know, I, I don't think it would be that expensive. I, I will write a strongly worded letter to Masson and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, that did get Mike Piazza in trouble because apparently it helped to, uh, you know, proliferate acne on his back. Um, which again, you know, clear steroid use if that's the case. Um, well, I think maybe the opportunity we're missing is, is, uh, you know, cameras on the trash cans. Hmm. That's true. That's a good point. No audio, just, just, just cameras. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that that is uh, this week on the Twitters. Scott, it's it's been a while. Oh, but can we wander into the medical wing? We can. All right, so starting off the medical wing, uh, Richie Martin uh, goes down uh, with a wrist fracture. Um, they thought it was just a finger issue, but apparently it was more. He's going to undergo surgery, and it's a two- to three-month recovery. Uh, Jake, when I read this news, um, I was struck with a lot of meh. Um, Brandon Hyatt was like, oh, this is devastating, but do you really feel like this is that big of a loss for the team? Well, I... Let me answer it this way. I don't think the team is going anywhere in 2020, and so it's not a big loss. But when you do look at the roster, they're pretty thin, period, right? So the loss of a Richie Martin who can at least play defensively at the major league level and can, you know, uh, be 10th in a nine-person lineup is something. I guess. And I'm, I mean, I'm just not sure they have that elsewhere. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right in that regard of, you know, it's it's scraping the bar- barrel. I mean, I think this means that uh, fellow Minnesota and Pat Falakia basically gets a roster spot now going forward. Um, but it, when I look at players, you know, getting injured and being out for the season, um, I, I look at it and say, well, how's that going to stunt their growth um, in terms of developing and Richie Martin doesn't do anything for me. He doesn't strike me as an individual almost like, yep, I really need him on the team going forward, not just for 2020, but for 2021, 2022. He is, in essence, a filler um, at this point. So I, I, I'm not that hugely broken up about it. Um, you know, I, I think it's just one of those you know footnotes that we basically take on and say, there are going to be injuries to the season. Richie Martin is one of the first ones. Well, here's another reason why I think it, it might be more damning than we think. A little a little la- later on in the uh, medical wing, we've got Jose Iglesias, who's dealing with some back soreness. Now, he's playing. You know, he's not out. But the Orioles are being careful with him, right? And if uh, Iglesias were fully healthy, maybe Richie Martin's uh, injury wouldn't be a huge deal. But maybe Hyde's a little more concerned because he doesn't have the kind of depth at the shortstop position or at this point, the health. Sure, I, I hear you. Um, you know, I, I would point back to, you know, J.J. Hardy had back soreness for three years straight, and uh, he still managed to go out there. So, and Jose, charm my wife. Absolutely. Jose Iglesias, if you want to play shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles and you want to charm Jake English's wife, you need to go out there and play every single day, even with a little back soreness. That's what Jake English does. He tries to go out there and, you know, play baseball and charm his wife with back soreness. He just doesn't do it very well. J.J. Hardy ran like he had a refrigerator on his back with Matt Wieters inside of it. Yep. So basically the same speech. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Dylan Tate has an elbow contusion. He was hit by a comebacker. We'll just have to watch that. I'm sure he'll be fine. Uh, but Ty Block is down with Tommy John. He's uh, He's got an elbow tear and he's having the surgery, so he'll clearly be down for the season. Um, but we're we're dancing around the real issue, Scott. Uh, we talked last, I think last time or the time before about how thin the outfield core is. Yeah. 
And I've been reading, you know, oh, uh, Anthony Santander and Dwight Smith Jr. haven't reported yet or haven't been active in camp yet. You know, and I kept scrolling and reading like, okay, what's up with them? Like, where where are they? Where are they? What's going on? And the silence probably should tell us everything we need to know. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's we don't I don't think we need to say it. I think it's it's the aspect of we kind of know what's going on. The Orioles saying, Hey, we're not going to go public with it and, and disclose names. Um, you know, I think the writing is on the wall as it is. I mean, we all warned that Anthony Santander really shouldn't be traveling over the UK and spending time with the scouts once again, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it just happens. But, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, whether or not they, you know, actually have the given situation with COVID, I think, the Orioles and the players being, um, you know, off, uh, off, you know, very cautious. Um, and we've seen other teams do the same thing as well. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not going to say they have it or not, um, but certainly best to be on the safe side, uh, specifically from an incubation standpoint, so it doesn't go running rampantly through the clubhouse. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we wish them the best regardless. One thing I will say is this. It's a short season. 60 games. And, um, you know, I don't think the Orioles are going to be much of a factor. If for some reason we have to spend a considerable amount of time without uh, Santander and Dwight Smith Jr. From a pure entertainment standpoint, watching 60 games of Dr. Poo Poo play the outfield is probably not the most boring thing that'll ever happen. No, right. It's going to be interesting. That that might be that might be entertaining. Just just to just to be a part of. Oh, something magic will happen. Something magic will happen. Night. Well, Scotty, let's uh, let's take a deep breath. I mean, this is the first medical wing we've gone through. You know, Ooh. although we've we've talked through quite a bit of health. We should have stretched more. A few weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. We're not in the best shape of our lives. We're not in a t-shirt and and uh, running shorts. Let's take a quick break. Uh, maybe refresh our drinks of the week and come back and and answer the question: What is even happening with the Orioles? So it's time to do a little going around the bases here. What? I just caught my breath, and you're going to ask me to go around the bases? Yes. Yes. <laughs> throw on those running shorts. Oh. It's almost <laughs> like we're getting ready for a season or something. We're going to get the Chris Tillman treatment here. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the rotation. John Means officially was dubbed the opening day starter, which is you know just a, a foregone conclusion. Uh, it's good to see. It'll be interesting to see how John Means – uh, does not only in this shortened season, but it'll be interesting to see how John Means' career develops. Um, you know, I'm really hopeful that he can be, you know, a a mid-range starter. And if he can develop himself into, you know, a third starter or, or gosh, you know, dream upon dream, a second starter in the majors, that would just be amazing. So you're saying you want him to be Chris Tillman? Um, which Chris Tillman, because, because it was a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde there for a while. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I'm excited. You want better for him. 
I do. I'm much better. I'm excited for John Means. I, I Again, I don't think that he's going to be a superstar, um, but I think that John Means is going to be better than I had certainly thought. Um, and I'm really hoping he can avoid, you know, being a flash in the pan. Um, and obviously all, all we can do is just hope and see, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for John Means. Me, I, me too. I mean, I, you look at what he's throwing out there. I still see him as a for starter um in in a more reality situation but again if he if he can turn the curve and continue on his streak that he had last year um with his first kind of full season um good for him i just felt like he was a little invisible um at certain points so it'll be interesting to see if the if the rest of the league catches up with him yeah absolutely and i i guess you know regardless of where in the rotation i i i am hoping that this is the pitcher who instead of being Instead of his ceiling being he can be serviceable, his ceiling is he can be pretty decent, right? Pretty yeah. pretty good at times. That's that. That's I guess what I'm hoping for. Uh, the rest of the rotation is interesting. I mean, Cobb's going to be number two. He's another guy that I mean, this is his swan song with the Orioles this year, right? Or is he with us to 21? This is his swan song. I'm almost positive. Okay. Yeah, I, I hope that he has a good season, right? Not because I think we're going to compete, but just because. You know, he's been a, a real trooper. He's always had a good attitude. And, and I would just like to see him go out on a high note for us. Yeah, he he, he had some quotes this week where he was talking about his fourth season. Um, and he was just like, you know, I've had two seasons where I didn't pitch. I had one season which I didn't pitch to what people expected me to pitch towards. Um, and this is my fourth season, my final season. And, you know, I want to go out there and, and you know, you know, do solid for the contract. And it's like, yeah, do solid for the contract by only pitching and maybe, you know, nine or 10 games at most. Um, we'll see. I'm just waiting for like a blister to pop up or like a turf toe or, or something ridiculous. Um, and, and at the very end of this season, I think there's going to have to be some you know, inherent talk of, you know, was a Baldo or Alex Cobb's contract, a worse contract for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a real good question. And, and also why are the Orioles so snake bitten with pitcher contracts? Right. What what is the common thread? Was it evaluation? Is it just poor luck? Like what is going on? Jake, it's almost like if you wait until the season is just about to start Mm -hmm. um, and all the other good pitchers have been picked up in free agency, Mm -hmm. you might be left over with the scraps that everyone else was just like, no, we want we don't want to take that on. And that's that's not a good strategy unless you're Nelson Cruz. (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right, so Cobb is going to be number two. Uh, a watch uh, is going to be in in the third slot. Four and five are probably going to be, I would say, Tommy Malone and Cole Stewart. Does that does that sound right? That sounds right to me. Um, I'm still skeptical about how good Wojciechowski is going to be, but I, there's nobody else. I mean. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's Tommy Malone and Cole Stewart, and I think the Cole Stewart spot is going to be, you know, somewhat in flux in terms of how creative the Orioles can get in terms of their roster management. So this is really terrible, but we had an episode last year once the new rules for this season were announced where we went through, you know, line by line. I think we graded the the changes. I don't remember what the rule is with the 26th man does the 26th man on the roster have to be a utility player or can it be a pitcher? I think he can be a pitcher. Do you think that the expansion of rosters to 30, then 28, and then the final 26 
will mean that we see basically a six man rotation yes. for a, a good portion. I, I think so too. Yes. There's no I, question I in my mind. Exist- yeah. I think the existence of that 26 guy will mean that we see the six starter. And, and I also wonder like, Will that be a boon to guys like Cobb that we're talking about? You know, oh, God, please just have a, a decent season. Or, you know, Awaj, who, you know, can be decent at times, but you really have to have him in under controlled circumstances. Maybe, you know, having the sixth starter, allowing to push him back a, a day or two, maybe even aim him at matchups is a way that he can be made into a serviceable starter for, you know, a not very good club. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, I think we're going to see this kind of, you know, ever switching around. Wade LeBlanc is another individual that I think we probably should mention for the starting rotation standpoint. I, I, he he might actually slot in at number three ahead of Asher Wojciechowski. Um, hmm. but, but I think, you know, that's a possibility, too, that he might pop up as well. And, I mean, what about the kids? I mean, are we going to see Keegan Aiken at some point this season? Like, with with fewer games... Um, you know, obviously the guys who have already started accumulating service time, there's no reason not to bring them up, but in such a short season, um, I'm curious as to how, how that'll happen again. They're not going to have minor league seasons. So is it important for their development to get some time, uh, in this season? And, and will that, you know, by itself necessitate them and being here? I don't, I don't know. It's something I we'll have feel to like we're going to see something more like Miguel Castro or Sean Armstrong, a David Hess, like somebody like that. That's going to basically get a spot start. Hess, um, yeah, we completely forgot about Hess. But I, I think it's going to be someone like that, which is going to be like, eh, like nothing really exciting there. Um, I, I think it's just going to be like, okay, that, that's fine. Like you're just going out there. But we may see Keegan Aiken for maybe a spot start here or there. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a ton. And again, you look at Keegan Aiken and you're just like, all right, you know, he's ranked 14th right now in the organization. He could potentially be a fourth or fifth starter. Um, it's, it's still not that exciting to me. I don't know. Okay. All right. I, I think that's fair. Mr. Negative. Anything, <laughs> you? I know. On imagine this that. podcast? It's almost as like we have roles. Absolutely. Uh, it, Anything else for the pitching rotation that we we should talk about? Um, I can't think of too much. Um, I mean, I guess you know, I, I don't think the Orioles are going to go out and like sign anybody else. Um, so I think it is what it is. I, it'll be very interesting to me. Of like, it I shouldn't say if when Alex Cobb goes down, how are the Orioles going to manage to basically throw together a rotation because? There really isn't much depth there uh, unless they start promoting from um, their minors and basically start clicking in their service time. But I have a hard time believing that the Orioles are going to do that um, really quickly. Yeah, and they're they're in a really delicate spot. I mean, they're they're very vulnerable right now just uh, because COVID-19 is going to bar them from holding open tryouts, um, you know, or or allowing the the ball boys to try out. Um, You know, that could be troublesome for them. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's head into second base. Scott, is it possible that the Orioles are trying to buy the bats? What are you referring to? <laughs> I'm talking about the news that the Orioles have made at least one offer to Yasiel Puig. Okay, yeah, I, I saw this report. Do you actually think this is, like, legitimate? Because I don't think this is legitimate whatsoever. Are you saying that Puig is not our friend? I, I'm saying that. I think this is a story that someone maybe floated out of the warehouse or just said, hey, did you know the Orioles did this? And it's a good, like, 
way to drum up interest, but I I just don't see the Orioles going out there and signing Puig. Like it's so anti Orioles. <laughs> I see now. I I do think they they at least kicked the tires and made an offer, and and here's why. First, they have no outfielders. Mm-hmm. They have zero outfielders. And being out possibly Santander and Smith and on top of, of losing Mancini, um, the, the cupboard is just beyond thin. It's a short season. You don't have to pay as much, right? I mean, 60 games is a little more than a third of a season, right? Yeah. This, this is a great time to make a one-year offer to somebody that, that you know, maybe profiles a little bit more than, than what you would be able to get there anyway. And when the stakes are so low, meaning that they're only going to play for 60 games and they're not expected to compete anyway, some of the baggage that comes along with Puig, I think, is a lower risk. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, 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 I still come back to this point of, like, it's still money. Like, what... <laughs> What's their reason? I mean, this is a team that traded away Jonathan VR because of money. Like, why are we throwing money at Yasiel Puig? Like, if you're just looking for a body to fill in the outfield, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Dr. Poo Poo can go out there. Or, like, you can bring Ryan Mountcastle out to the outfield. Or you can put Chris Davis on the outfield. Like, there, there's a ton of options here that are not good options, but they don't cost you any more money. So Yeah, but listen, Scott, I don't trust Stevie Wilkerson in a brawl with the Diamondbacks. That's true. Right? Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to need an enforcer. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't see it. Like, even, I don't know. I Like I said, I don't see it. I don't think they're going to spend money. I think it's a, it's a fun story, um, but I don't think it's a real story um, is the best way to put it. All right. Let me, uh, let me, ask, let me ask you this. Okay. <laughs> so you don't think it's going to happen? I don't. Right? If the Orioles were to sign Yasiel Puig, yes, would there be any greater indication that there would be zero games played this season? Uh, that's a great point. Um, How Orioles would it be to sign Yasiel Puig to a one-year deal and then have the season completely uh, removed? Uh, it, I would say that if the Orioles signed Yasiel Puig, Ryan Blake would immediately go out and buy a jersey of Yasiel Puig with an Orioles jersey, um, and then the season would be immediately canceled. Um, but Ryan would still be happy that he had a Yasiel Puig Orioles jersey, even though uh, he never played for the Orioles. I mean, Puig's a decent player, right? I mean, he's pretty yeah. Good. He, he, I, I looked at the I looked at the free agent outfielders, and he looks like the best of the bunch. Yeah, I mean, he he, he certainly is. Um, he he's a good candidate to bring in um i think even someone i think jeff zimmerman was making a joke about this as saying you know by the orioles going out and signing him he probably would be the one of their best players um which it may be accurate which is a scary standpoint <laughs> um but but at the same time it's like I, I just don't see it um you know if it's a super cheap contract you know maybe a half a million dollars maybe um i, I don't know like i said it it just doesn't make any sense in terms of a, a club that is being uh, financially conservative at this given moment. Well, SportTrack had his uh, his season value at seventeen million dollars and change. You know, if you if you say a little bit more than a third of that, you know, you're talking about six, uh, six or seven million dollars. Mm. 
And uh, zero you know, chance. That's, that's three million less than they were going to pay VR. Yeah, there's zero chance. There's no chance. Um, I, I just like I said, I don't see it. It doesn't make Do any think- doesn't make any sense to me. I, 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 question, and I'm this is ignorance talking. Are they getting insurance for Trey Mancini? Uh, I don't or, know. Or are they just paying him because he's on the DL? I don't know that. I don't know how that works. Um, you know, I don't. I I, I have no idea, honestly. And, uh, and if you're wondering, yes, that is the sound of me looking under the couch cushions at the warehouse for Yasiel Puig money. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. I, it still doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you wanted to go out and get Puig because you thought, hey, maybe it'll bring some people into the stands, you know, to watch a game. <laughs> You know, maybe I could understand that argument. I don't think it's a good logical argument, but I could, you know, at least be like, okay, that's an argument. There is nothing to entice this situation. Like, what is the reason to do so? Like, just take, you know, the deck of cards or, you know, the the chairs from the Titanic that you have and go out there and ride right into the iceberg. Like, it, it is what it is. It's okay. Oh, man. I, I, I want this to happen just because I feel like it would be fun. No, I think it would be entertaining. Listen, it would be great entertainment. I would, like I said, um, this podcast would be inherently better. For oh, it. there's no question. I would be, you know, super thrilled with it. You know, just watching Puig, um, and this is outside of you know his antics that he had with the Dodgers. I, I come back and look at some of the antics that he had with the Reds. He, he would be great. I mean, he would be fun to watch out there. He's going to need dumb plays that are going to be instantly gifable. Um, it would be great. Like I said, I would turn into a bunch of Orioles games just to watch him do it again. From the reality standpoint, it just doesn't make any sense. I free idea for the Orioles. This is, you know, you can have this one, please do it with, 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 with as you will. Uh, they signed Puig, right? Um, he's, he's kind of a big personality, right? So they want to be able to use that. I, I think they need to have a scoreboard segment, with Yasiel Puig, that's called a House on Puig Corner. <laughs> Again, freeze a bird, Orioles, you take that. Get that strong consideration before you approve that marketing. <laughs> uh, speaking of marketing, um, going to third base, uh, the Orioles are not going to do any preseason broadcast uh, for this upcoming 2020 season. They have three exhibition games uh, going forward. Uh, they also have a bunch of inter-squad games that are currently going on. But the only way that you're going to be able to see those is by the folks in the press box posting video onto Twitter. Jake, how do you feel about this? Um, and how uh, annoyed are you about this? I'm not. I do not care. I do not care. Yeah, so I guess, you know, we have long beat the drum that Masson needs to go out there and, um, you know, get coverage, you know, put stuff onto that network in order to do so. And I think that's an important, you know, matter um, as it relates to, you know, you know, the brand that is Masson. But I'm not sure even at this moment I would turn in to watch inter-squad and or preseason baseball. You know, what, what do you get from watching Renato Nunez hit a home run off of Cole Stewart? What does that tell you about how anybody's season is going to well, Especially for an inter-squad game. That's what I'm saying. He, he, like, who cares? Here's the only thing that I think might be fun about it. Um, I was watching on Twitter, and I was looking at like the Dodgers broadcast, and they were in a similar similar situation where they were, were down an outfielder or two. Injuries, you know, treatments, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they pulled out their clubhouse attendant to go to left field. 
and see that yeah and uh the clubhouse attendants got you know a few balls hit to him he made some nice plays and he even threw it to second base and got one of i think it was justin taylor out um at second base trying to tag up and i I think that would be fun but again it still requires me to sit down for two and a half to three hours to see a 36 and snippet which is why i think that twitter um and social media is a better use of the given media format rather than um, an actual broadcast. Okay. Bear with me. Okay. okay. I, I need you to come with me. All right. Okay. This is, a, this is, this is on par with house on Queen corner. Okay. This good an idea. Uh, you know, we talked about the cool. We're going to get a letter. <laughs> <laughs> C and D. Cease um, and desist. What? We're, our name is not in violation. No, 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 no. It's not about your name. It's about the content. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about the content. Um, you know, we talked about the cool camera angle. Yeah. What if, what if the Orioles gave every player on the field, every coach, every just person wandering through, even the players not taking part in the intra squad games, GoPros. Mm, okay. And then the game wasn't played live uh, on Masson, but it was edited together stitched together to show us, you know, you know, this is what happened. And here's the conversation that took place afterward, or here's a view of somebody running from home to second. This is what it looks like, you know, from the batter's uh, perspective, that kind of thing. I think that'd be super cool. I think that would be interesting. Um, I still think it would need to be sped up a little bit, but I think that's the kind of content that the Orioles could take, do some editing with, and then put out a broadcast, a, like an a, like a sped up broadcast. Um, yeah, yeah, or, or just almost like a hard knocks. Yes, right, exactly. Um, or an NFL film, right? Style. An NFL film style, exactly. I, I think that would be interesting to me um, more so than actually watching an inter squad game. Me too. Again, Orioles free content. Just take these ideas. Yeah. As soon as we see it come out from Mass and tomorrow, I'll be like, they listen. Nobody listens. Nobody listens. (laughs) All right. Coming to home plate. uh, Opening day, Jake, is like two weeks away at this point. I think the Orioles had their first game on the 24th. But again, it's just a blur at this point. Um, So, Jake, um, let's just say the season actually does happen, that we manage to somehow... Um, you know, managed to survive. Um, and you know, baseball says we're going to continue on, even though cases are spiking in California, Florida, and Texas. But who cares? Let's play baseball. Um, how are you going to celebrate opening day? Well, I. It all depends. It all depends. What time is that home opener going to be played? I think it's seven o'clock off the top of my head. Seven p.m. I think so. So this is an evening game. I'll be honest with you. I haven't even looked at the schedule until we get to like a week out. Uh, I'm not going to look at the schedule because I'm just it's building up my hope. And then I'm going to be like, oh, wait, never mind. It, it just got ripped out for me. If anything, 2020 has told me is to be ultra cautious and to bury my head into the sand. Uh, I'm asking because I also haven't looked. I know the date. I don't know the time. OK, so you asked what how am I going to how am I going to spend opening day? Um it's up in the air as to whether or not I will take the day off. Cause usually, you know, opening day is a high holy day. I take the day off. I go downtown. We go to the game together. You know, it's a big, it's a big deal. You know, we start drinking at nine in the morning. Um, Iron Rooster, I'm going to miss you this year. Um, I don't know that I, I want to like, you know, take the day off to sit on my couch. That'll be, that'll be a decision for later, I suppose. 
but you know, maybe, maybe I will, maybe I'll take the day off and, you know, uh, hang out with the, the family and, you know, maybe grill up some burgers and dogs and ballpark fare. And, uh, obviously one way or the other drink my baseball beer. Um, I mean, it's yeah, going to be a Friday night. Um, it's going to be July 24th, Friday night. Uh, game is at 7.30. I just pulled this up off the Orioles site. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, me personally, I think this would be a great opportunity uh, to maybe, you know, grill up some hot dogs, grill up some hamburgers, um, you know, pop on the radio and just sit there on my deck and listen to the game as the sun sets um, and just, you know, partake in the sounds of baseball. Wouldn't it be cool if, and I don't know what the infrastructure is to support this, but wouldn't it be cool if the Orioles had virtual watch parties? Mm, like a Zoom watch party. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we could all we 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 could organize that ourselves, all all of us fans. I, I've been I've been thinking, you know, kicking that around a little bit. Like maybe it'd be cool to have a, a watch party, uh, but I'm not sure how how boring that would be to you know see the side of everybody's face as they look at the screen. Um. I think it's an interesting idea. I think the, the NFL draft try to do that. Um, overall, I think you're just going to see a bunch of people getting up and getting down and drinking. Um, but, you know, I think if something exciting were to happen, I think you would get similar to like when you're in the ballpark where everyone starts talking or giving, you know, high fives and stuff like that to each other. But I think it could be be interesting. Um, Birdland, Orioles Twitter. What do you think? Virtual get-together for a home opener since we will not be able to get together for the home opener? Reach out to us on Twitter and let us know what your thoughts are and uh, if someone should be potentially organizing this thing. And I'll tell you what, regardless of all that, I am going to uh, enjoy the live tweeting aspect oh, absolutely. of the games. That, that is a, a glorious part of Birdland. I've really enjoyed watching games, you know, with the feed. Um, you know, Just knowing that there are other, other people out there. You know, having the same experience and, and, you know, I'm sure other people have had this experience too, but we've also met people, yeah. um, you know, via, via Twitter who, you know, are passionate about the same thing some, that we are. So terrible, terrible people. We've met them. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be a good time. So yeah, absolutely. Let us, let us know everybody what you're doing for opening day and, uh, you know, maybe we'll steal your idea. Absolutely. That's what we're good at. All right. So Jake, um, I have to ask you, um, what is in a name? Let's come back and talk about that and dive down into, does that make the spirit and the heart of a given entity? So Scott, you you teased this up above before the break here. What's in a name? It sounds like the Washington football team is is going to change its name at long last, and that the apparent replacement, and it's not official yet, but apparent the apparent replacement is Red Wolves. That they they may very well become the Washington Red Wolves, and I I find this whole situation fascinating, and I'd like to sidestep for if we can the discussion of the necessity of the name change and you know why it's happening all that we we've we've dealt with that but i'd like to talk about now that the, that it is here what that means because it has to be weird to have your team's identity changed out from underneath of you right my roommate from college uh, josh finver who's been on this program 
He tweets, by the way, at uh, Nat's, uh, uh, what, Nat Discourse DC. Um, so go hit him up. But he and I talked about it briefly, and he said, like, obviously, you know, I, I've, I've come a long way on this thing. There are lots of us that felt like it was only a matter of time this change had to happen. At this point, we just want the Band-Aid ripped off and to stop talking about it. Okay, I, I get that. But it, Was he talking be- about the election coming up? <laughs> he might have been, but it's got to be bizarre, right? I mean, they're they're still gonna they're gonna keep the colors, and you know, obviously the the players will be the same and all that. Um, and, and you know, the franchise history is unchanged, but it's still got to be weird for Washington fans. And while I I think it's fine that they're changing their name, I think it's about damn time they're changing their name. I also am empathetic to uh, fans that are frustrated and, and uncomfortable with the fact that you know their team identity is not the same today as it was yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a, as you pointed out, it's a name that needs to be changed. I think there's a lot of hullabaloo um, over, you know, the given name change. I mean, just going back to, you know, Washington sports, you know, Washington bullets changing to the Washington wizards. Again, not a lot of hullabaloo. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't really see how this is that big of a deal. Um, teams change. Um, you know, yeah, I, I'm certainly sure that, you know, you know, Baltimore fans have gone through this too with, you know, moving away from the Colts, embracing the Ravens and stuff like that. I mean, I think ultimately if, you know, the Orioles had to change their name for some reason, I, I think we would embrace it. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, it's better to have a name change than to deal without football for almost a generation. Um, but it, it, another interesting bit of trivia associated with this is the money, mm-hmm. right? I, I, you got to think the mo- the team is going to make money hand over fist because um, fans are going to buy up every last piece of merchandise they can find with the old name and logo on it, right? Yep. And then on top of that, once they announce the, the new name and the new logo, everybody's going to want to snap up the new stuff. Um, so they are just going to like – completely glut through the existing stock of merchandise and and then you know they they won't be able to print jerseys fast enough and it'll be interesting to see how how that works yeah and i think that comes back to the the h-hole question i don't think that money goes into the pockets of the given redskins organization i think it goes into the pockets of all the nfl owners but you know ultimately you're right they're gonna they're gonna make a ton of money off of this um they're going to get a bunch of new endorsements off of this too from probably folks that had stepped away from the organization. Um, this is going to be a huge win for them. Um, and you know, it's going to be a, a big financial gain for them. Well, you know, some fans may love it and some fans may hate it, but the fact remains that it is an opportunity for the franchise to do something. I mean this, and you know, I have a lot of empathy for this being an Orioles fan. This is an organization in the Washington football club that needs a reboot, so to speak. Right. And so regardless of whether or not they were backed into a corner, how often do you have the opportunity to, to rebrand a storied sports franchise that has a built in loyal following? Um, you know, it's a pretty cool opportunity. So, you know, all that Washington talk is good and fine. Let's bring it back home. Yeah. What I'm building to, Scott, is this. Let's say that the Orioles had some, you know, quote unquote, opportunity for a forced rebranding. So we're like talking about like a, a, a new logo on the hat. So like instead of the smiling bird, we're going to the back to the ornithological board bird or the, the hitting bird or. No, no. I mean, wipe it clean. 
completely new identity. Jake, this is a blasphemous topic. How dare you even mention this on this podcast? I know, I know. Well, this is what our, our neighbors to the South are dealing with. And in solidarity, we have to ask these questions. So, Scott, what would you be looking for in a new franchise uh, identity? Uh, if I'm looking for something in um, you know, a, a new franchise identity, I'm looking for something that represents the team the given culture um, that, you know, we like to proliferate in the given region. Um, just something that makes me want to be part of the community uh, by coming to the ballpark. So uh, sure. those are the kind of thoughts that I had. Um, you know, I, you bring this up and I, I, I've got a few ideas off the top of my head, um, you know, that we could potentially start with in terms of names. Oh my, oh my gosh. It's, it's almost as if we prepare for this. I show, know. Imagine that. I, I also have a list. All right, but before, because yours are going to be better than mine. I don't know before, about that. <laughs> before we get there, I, I thought about this in uh, in a couple of ways. I think that there are a couple of categories that that mine fit into. Okay. Uh, so I'd like to just tell you what those categories are, and then and then we can compare notes after that. I, I think that um, one opportunity to rebrand is to go with an identity, a name, uh, a characterization from a former team in the in the area. Okay. Right? Whether that be baseball or, or others. Um, and then another category is uh, names for teams that almost made it here. Okay. Right? So the, the Ravens came to town and there was a short list that didn't make it. Yep. Right? Um, and then there's this third category of uh, team names that are related in some way to to uh the, the town right so like i think the ravens was a cool thing because they they picked you know a, a connection to the city edgar Allan poe and and picked you know some imagery from from one of his most famous works and so it has a, a local grab right so some local grab okay like that right? mine mine all fit actually into one given category and and once i go through all of them um we'll, we'll cover that category Okay. Can I, uh, can I start with, with former team names? Sure. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm just going to blow it right from the start. The rest of it's, it's, uh, fluff. The best idea I can think of for having to, to forcibly rename our baseball club is to simply go with the elite giants okay. or perhaps just call them the elites. I like that. Because right, you've got the the football giants, you've got the San Francisco Giants, so maybe Giants is overused. But either the Elite Giants or just the Elites. I, I like the Elite Giants. I think that is a a good ring to it. I think just the Elites is it's going to put yourself into a a dangerous gamut. Uh, well, we're we're a coastal community, Scott. Yeah, I, I would agree with that aspect. Um, <laughs> you know, we talked about it on the show recently in terms of advertising. I, I do think that everyone would be thrilled. Um, if we could come up with potentially the Baltimore bows, um, mm. and be, and then we could have, you know, mottos out there from Masson, like the bows are back in town, um, and, <sighs> and stuff like that. I, I think if we could see that with, you know, a winking, uh, aspect, I think that would be, um, very much of the culture icon. Of course, it'll never happen because there's just not that much sure. of a, a, a business entity. But I think if we were looking for something that was culturally, uh, unique and um, you know a little overblown. Um, I think that's something that if the Orioles were to come out and say this is going to be our new brand going forward, um, I think you would see people anywhere between their twenties to their fifties like go up and like you said buy all the gear, um, do all the merchandising and everything like that, and really embrace that team. 
What a missed opportunity for when the club and the beer were owned by the same person. Absolutely. Wow. All right. Go- going back to former team names, um, I I am a little reminis- uh, uh, nostalgic for the Skipjacks. Okay. Right? Great Baltimore name. Right? Great, you know, again, connection to the city, but also, you know, there, there were a, a – there was a team, the Baltimore Skipjacks here. Again, if you had to to come up with a new identity, that I, I think that'd be cool. So my next one is I'm I'm picking up a a, a giving cultural, um, you know, hobby, um, a game as it were, um, that has been part of you know the Baltimore tradition for you know decades upon decades. And I'm going to basically move it, and we're going to be called the Baltimore Bingos. Um, and, and there's going to be, you know, a stipulation to get the fan base behind this. Number one, uh, bingo will be played at every game. Um, you know, while the game is going on, on the, this sco- is a very Catholic city. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on the scoreboard, um, instead of like following along the game, you'll actually be, you know, filling out your scorecard. Um, and basically you can win prizes through it. Um, similarly, um, every pitcher, um, every batter that goes up for the Orioles is limited to only five pitches. It doesn't matter if they're all balls. Doesn't matter if it's all strikes. They can only get five pitches. So if they foul off five pitches, they have to immediately walk back to the dugout and just be like, "Sorry, that's all the pitches I was able to get." And during this, every single time the opposing pitcher throws it, um, the Orioles the Orioles fans go from B I N G O to I N G O N G O G O O, and then at that point you're out of letters and you've got to go back to the dugout. Okay, I, I see what you've done here. I see what you've done here. <laughs> Uh, names that didn't make it for the Ravens uh, were the Marauders, the Americans, and the Bombers. I don't like I don't like any of those. Yeah, I don't like any of those. Um, let me let me go back to you know relating in some way to the town or, or to to history. The uh, the city is is home to the USS Constellation. Yep. Right. What if? The, the team were the Baltimore Constellations or mm. perhaps the Baltimore Constellation. Not bad. Um, didn't the USS Constellation go to like, I know it's ported here and stuff like that, but didn't it go like, it, was it this its original home port though? I think it was launched from here. Okay. To be honest with you, this is a baseball podcast and not a fourth grade history. Okay. Uh, podcast. So I should so call I'm your daughter up. Shaking. Yeah, Right. Right. All right. So my next name again. I'm I'm trying to still keep it close to um, you know something that's near and dear to our hearts. You know we love the avian variety of you know sports logos. You know we've got the Orioles, we had the Ravens. I think going forward, if we're going to have to change the Orioles, I think changing it to the Baltimore Sparrows uh, would be appropriate. Um, you know you've got Sparrows Point, obviously, which has been kind of a, a you know a, a forgotten. Um, you know, place within Baltimore culture. It certainly has gone through a revitalization over the past 10 years. But I also think it really, you know, helps to resemble, you know, what we're currently going through in terms of rebuild. You know, we don't have a lot of star power. We've got a lot of spare O's around um, that are basically <laughs> filling up the roster. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm noticing a theme here and, uh, and I'm here for it, Scott. All right. Um, let me ask you this, you know, again, I, I, I teased out the constellation singular because I think it'd be cool to have kind of like an abstract uh, name associated with the team. Let me let me let me lay, lay this one on you. 
what if the team were called the Baltimore Chop? Hmm. There was a, what was it? Was there a blog or Twitter that used to be called the Baltimore Chop too? Like, I feel like this is, someone's tried yeah, this before. It was before. a blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like the Baltimore Chop. I think that's a good one. Um, I think it also resembles a lot of, you know, how the Orioles currently play baseball where, you know, they don't really get on base legitimately. They just have to chop at the ball and hope to get on base. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. This is my last one uh, that I've got here, Jake, is going to be near and dear to your heart. So obviously, if we're changing the name of the team, we also have to change certain traditions. So, Jake, we have talked about this in terms of the seventh inning stretch, in terms of thank God I'm a country boy. I think the Orioles are going to have to move away from that. And, you know, one of the things that we love to hear at the stadium is the Beatles. And I think overall, we can look around the city and we can look at, you know, WTMD when they do. Um, you know, March Madness for Music Madness. Um, and the Beatles normally always are in that final four or in the finals or in the championship. Um, so Baltimore loves the band from Liverpool. So why not change it to the Baltimore Beatles? And then why don't we have the new song during the seventh inning be Tomorrow Never Knows? That was a really long walk. <laughs> that was a really, really long walk. I wasn't sure how you're going to get there, but I approve. All right. Um, I have, I have one, uh, last serious one before we need to get to the, the real suggestions. And that is there's clearly a, a team identity out there ready for the taking that has been road tested and has been accepted by this community. And that's the ghost crabs. Oh Yeah. If the Orioles had to undergo a change for some reason, I I would really get down with the ghost crabs. Yeah, um, ghost crabs would be pretty cool. I still feel like, like it's super minor league, though. That's my only problem. Probably not so much more than the Baltimore Bows. So are the Orioles. <laughs> That's true. Right. <laughs> Just relegate them at this point. All right. So th- these are some some great ideas, Scott. But I don't know they they seem a little old fashioned to me. They seem a little a little dated. You know, the world has changed. And the fact that we are talking about a a major league, you know, one of the big four teams changing its name in the face of of changes in culture. You know, as we talk about a a season that is going to be cut short to 60 games because of a a global health pandemic. I mean, this is not the same world that we dealt with in 2019. And maybe our team name, our team identity should reflect that. And so I have a a couple of suggestions of, you know, rename identity 2020 edition. All right. So you want to look towards tomorrow, basically. Well, I I, no, I want to, I want to look to the here and now. Okay. So how terrifying would it be if you uh, had to face the Baltimore murder hornets? (laughs) Um, I, I think that would be scary. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be one of those situations where, you know, during the summertime, they they strike fear into you and then they disappear during the winter. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> the, fall, the fall shows up and they disappear. I'm not sure how well the Baltimore murder hornets is going to go over in a city that has over 300 homicides. But Oof. Um, Oof. mob town murder hornets. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Speak, All right. Well, speaking of which, I had a murder hornet's nest that I found at my house last night. So I was going to have you come over and do some uh, drinks with us, but uh, yeah. decided against it. <laughs> well, let me get a close look. <laughs> uh, 
All right. So, so that one fell flat on its face. That's fine. That's fine. But speaking of falling flat on its face, um, you know, th- there's a minor league team up in, up in Altoona um, that, that it's related to uh, the railroad. But what if we had, uh, again, here in 2020, the Baltimore curve flatteners? Curve flatteners. Hmm. It's interesting. I really feel like, though, if we were to go with that, it'd be restricting my liberties and freedom. Um, so I'm going to have to deny it um, and just and just take the risk. Okay. Okay. Um, what about the Baltimore defunders? Hmm. Um. Uh, I think we can be a little bit more catching, creative. Okay. 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 Um, well, what about? Um, what about the Baltimore retweeters? Oh, now I like it. Can we all have Australian accents um, if we're going to do the Baltimore retweeters? I was I was actually thinking angry all caps, um, you know, from from dear leader. Oh, okay. You're talking about Dan Clark, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a that's a pre that's a pre 2020 problem. Oh, okay, gotcha, so gotcha. I'm I'm dealing. In, in fact, let me be a little more. Uh, let me be a little more explicit. You know, I was I was discussing Donald Trump, and so I, I ask you, Scott, to pay homage to dear leader. If we were to rename our team after him. Would we go under the moniker of the Baltimore dictators or the Baltimore tyrants? Um, I, I think we would just go with the Baltimore orange globs. Um, that way we <laughs> could still maintain our, our colors. Um, and I think we'd be in good shape. All right. La- last one. This, mm. this is all I got for 2020. And that is the fight in Fauci's. Oh, I like the fighting fight, fighting Fauci's. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a Philly aspect there with like the fighting fills but uh yeah, yeah. Uh, not bad not bad at all okay well again again we're gonna have to throw this out there uh to 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 the listening audience let us know doesn't have to be a 2020 edition what uh what name would you give the orioles if you had to if you had to re-identify this team if you had to to give us a new identity a new name a new feel feel free to to let us know we're all locked in our houses it's we've got copious time Tweet at us at birdseyeview, B-A-L. I'm all about the Baltimore Sparrows. (laughs) Honestly, we missed an obvious one, though, Jake, Um, if we're going to close this all out. um, If if we're going to really rebrand the whole name of the team. I'm terrified, by the way. We should just go with the Baltimore Ducks because I like the duck. (laughs) Dude, how did we miss that? (laughs) I'm I'm really glad that that came up now because if somebody had tweeted, that too is i would have felt terrible yeah uh, it's all about the duck shape. all right well we, now that we've fallen flat let's go ahead and blow the save so jake um you know Obviously, we are in a society right now that um, is very much um, against data, uh, against society, um, society norms, against science, as it were. And I look back and I'm like, how did we get to this point? And I look at it and I say to myself, we've been in this point for quite some time. And I'm talking about, um, you know, 
you know, looking back at, you know, tying this back to baseball and, you know, I look back to numbers that were put out, you know, by Pakoda during the Orioles organization era of, you know, 2012 to 2016 and everyone and their mothers coming back and saying, Pakoda doesn't know what they're talking about. Who cares what the number says? They're not going to be right. In fact, you know, sometimes they're wrong. They're not a hundred percent accurate. And because they're not a hundred percent accurate, we're not going to believe what they say. The fact that we can, in essence, tie our beliefs and opinions to certain things like that um, doesn't really surprise me now that we're starting to see, you know, leaders of the free world in our country embracing a similar mindset of basically saying the data, the science, knowledge no longer matters. Because unless you're 100% right, and by being 100% right, meaning that I'm the one that's right and you're the one that's wrong, then everybody's wrong. So, Jake, with that, that's all I got. Wow, that's uh, that's a really interesting point. So, are you telling me that my distrust of Pakoda in 2012, as the season went on, makes me more susceptible Jake, to not listening to scientists? I would just say that you're. You know, evidence is showing that you're very right leaning, um, based off that wow. that opinion. Oh man, I I'm, I'm going to pour myself another scotch and do a lot of self introspection. Do some self introspection about your Catholic beliefs and your right leaning philosophies. <laughs> <laughs> and that that is our show. Remember, you can find this in our entire catalog of indispensable episodes of Birds Eye View Baltimore. Dot com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is to get your podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Snapchat. But the best way to get a hold of us is always on Twitter where we tweet at bird's eye view b a l and with that all the more and beyond i will bid you all the fun adieu adieu good night baltimore be safe out there and let's go a's i think that's sparrows sparrows still here? It's over. Go home. Go.